Let's Talk Care with Casper and Christy, produced in the Ed Center Auditorium. Episodes, opinions expressed by guests on the show are their own and do not necessarily represent the views of the host or Prometica. I am here with Dr. Christina Stillwell. You can call me Christy. God love you. I'll definitely call you Christy. My wife's name's Christina as, as well, but she makes me call her Mrs. Casper. Well, my husband's name is Greg, but I promise I won't yell at you or make you take out the trash. God love you. Well, you, you'd make me feel at home if you did. That's okay. <laughs> We got to talking one day about creating a podcast. We both had some interest in this, and I thought it would be a great way to get some topics out there of interest for the entire uh, ProMedica staff, not just clinicians and not just clinical, but everybody in the organization to get to know each other a little bit better and talk about uh, current issues or things that we have concerns about. Right. So when you were talking the other day about how like one of the biggest failures that you felt as a leader over the past year was not being able to connect the staff you know, through all the stress and anxiety of the pandemic and really feeling like that was one of the biggest barriers, you know, using a platform like podcasts was a way to connect the staff and engage them on a different level and really just thinking that this is the perfect time to get it going. To make this meaningful for staff and them to look forward to listening to each episode, what are you really looking for them to get out of it? I think a, a deeper understanding of different people's motivations and why we do what we do. Agree. I, I like it to be a platform to, you know, share stories and discuss relevant topics um, with our teams and give them a sense of pride of where we've been as an organization, where we're going, where we are today, and just like make them proud to work here. I think that vision is very important. And, you know, was just out at a conference, uh, IT conference about Epic with the team. Just amazing listening to all the different things and all the different talent we have in this organization and really kind of trying to understand that a little bit better because the more we kind of understand each other better, the more we can help each other. And the more we help each other, that means the more we can help others, uh, which is, I mean, a big reason why I went into medicine, that's for sure. You know, speaking of, why did you want to go from vascular surgery and step into a hospital administration leadership role? One reason I felt like I could enact more change in the healthcare environment. So I kind of decided, let me try and do that. And then God love Lee Hammerling came calling about Jobs and the rest is the rest. So, but I, that's one reason I felt like I could enact more change for quality, safety, and patient engagement at an administrative level than I could just being an individual surgeon. Well, you sure have come a long way since your first days as a caddy at Inverness. Now, easy now. Talk about my first job as a caddy at Inverness. I mean, um, <laughs> I'm going to make fun of you for, you know, yelling, stop running a hundred times a day as a lifeguard. Well, I thought I was taking a good gig sitting at the poolside and getting paid for it, but it wasn't as glamorous as what I saw on Baywatch. Um, but I do feel like some of the training that I got from the BLS certification and the lifeguard certification, you know, did kind of make me feel a sense of pride of being able to help someone in a life-threatening situation, but it just ended up being yelling, don't yell at kids all day. It, it was a good experience and I learned a lot from it. But speaking of kids... What did your kids and wife say about you being on your own podcast? <laughs> they all laugh at me regularly, so I'm sure that there's a there's going to be plenty of fun being made about that. But um, I think when I talked to my wife about it and started talking about really kind of getting to know the people and the organization better at a more personal level, she thought that was just a fantastic idea. And my kids laugh at me because, I mean, they've got to unlock my phone for me at times. So, you know, I use them as my technocrats to help improve that, uh, which is really important. But uh, yeah, they're, I think um, hopefully they'll enjoy it. We'll see. How old are your three boys? 
Three boys. Yeah. Uh, I got to think about it for a second here, but yeah, 23, 21 and 19. And you know, their first two are 18 months, 17 months apart. My wife will get upset if I say 18. Uh, and then the second two are about two and a half years. So they're all kind of in college in different parts of the world right now. My oldest is in London, uh, working for a finance company, which is great. And then my middle ones at Lords, which Lords has been a fantastic find for him. Perfect fit. And then my youngest is out in Colorado at about Boulder, University of Colorado Boulder. Yeah. I have one son and he's humbled me as a person. I have my, he's six and my daughter is 14 and she was a trick baby because I thought being a parent was fairly easy until I had him. So I might hit you up for some tips since you got some older boys. Is that right? So your oldest was easier. Yeah. My daughter was definitely easier. Now that she's becoming a teenager, um, She's teaching me a lot about myself, too, because she's going through. She just started high school, so it's been a rough couple weeks for her to adjusting to that, especially since last year was, you know, virtual school all year. You know, she's had to transition to high school, to a different school, and then also going to school from being stuck at home with a Chromebook. So, but then, you know, add on all the teenage stuff. So, you know, parenting is not for the weak. That's right. My brother used to always say that parenting's overrated, but all joking aside, I mean, they're great and every year is great, but I always thought the junior high years were some of the hardest. It's interesting. You had one go through it from a COVID perspective. I had two seniors the year of COVID, one from high school, one from college, and that was a little bit of a bummer for them to lose those years. Now, virtual kindergarten was way worse than her being in junior high. Virtual kindergarten for my son was, you know, I had to, while I was working here, I would go home and be kindergarten teacher to get him caught up on stuff. Even kindergarten, I see, I think I could do kindergarten math. I think kindergarten math is way worse than high school math. We always talk about doctor math. I always say there's three types of people in the world, those that are good at math and those that aren't. It, math, math has been a challenging, you know, as nurses, we get trained in one way to do math and then that's what you stick with your whole career. So it's hard to change what you do. I don't know how you guys do it. I can't do that nursing math. I love it. <laughs> I'm a nerd like that, though. You know, we plan to have like non-clinical and clinical people and guests on the show to talk some about the things that we want to talk and connect to our staff about. You know, if you had to sit down with one of your mentors or a leading expert in your field, what would be the first question you would ask them? What's the first question I would ask them? I, you know, looking at it from a vascular surgery perspective, not necessarily administrative, but vascular mm-hmm. surgery, you know, I, there's always that difficult balance of when you know scientifically or clinically what's best for that patient and they don't want to do it. And it's really hard. It, it, it reminds me a little bit of the conversation I know we had about vaccination when I'm like, how do you convince someone to do this? Well, no, you don't convince them. You got to educate. Right. And that's how I kind of approach things is my goal is to teach them everything I can about the topic and let them make their own decision. But it is tough at times when you see them making a decision that, you know, another decision would maybe be better for them. And that's what I'd ask mentors and experts. It's funny you say experts in the field, because a lot of times in medicine, you know, the experts are the guys that talk about things a lot, but aren't necessarily the ones that do a lot. Right. Yeah. How about yourself? What would you say? Well, yours is much more profound than mine would be, because I'd probably just say you know, can we get a drink and start from there? I actually met one of my mentors at a conference one time, and that was exactly what I said. And it kind of opened up the door. (laughs) We've been friends since. So sometimes the best things are conversations are over an adult beverage. (laughs) Well, see, yours is probably better. That's probably what I should learn from asking that to get, get a little more in depth than I would normally get probably. That's awesome, Christy. So we touched on the vision of this podcast. You know, would you consider yourself a visionary person? I naively like to try and think of myself that way. I like, I got a lot of big ideas, but uh, 
yeah, the, the key is implementing them. And, and that's not always easy, but, uh, I, I, I do because I think we need to change healthcare the way it is currently is not sustainable. I think we all know that, but how we do it with the confines regulations and finances that we have is what's difficult, but that's also some of what, you know, hopefully we get out of this. I mean, our best resources are people and the more ideas we get and understanding of how to do things in a better way, in a more meaningful way, will make us better. That's, that's a lot of what I hope. And that's a lot of what I mean, our conversations have centered around. Well, good. I think uh, it's been great, obviously, Christy, setting this up. Thank you all for doing this. Um, really excited for what we can do in the future. And I think next time we talked about talking about a visionary woman in healthcare that did some unique things. She didn't go to college for that matter. She was not in healthcare, but she had a vision on how to improve healthcare. And she changed the landscape of Toledo Hospital. So I'm excited to have us talk about that next topic on the next version of this podcast. Oh, yeah. Who you got, who you got in mind? You're just going to leave us hanging? I've got someone in mind. I've got someone in mind. Should I leave you hanging? Do you want to hear? Yeah, you're going to I'm not going to tell you now. We'll leave you hanging. We'll talk about it next time. All right. We'll see what you got up your sleeve. Thank you all. Have a good one.